You are listening to a message from Redemption Community Church, a life-giving church in Westchester County, New York. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or follow our messages online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. loves the Bible? Who loves to just learn and just see? I do too, man. This, this word is alive and it's active. And so the title of my message today is The Calm to Our Storm. The Calm to Our Storm. And so as I set up the text that we're going to be looking into, uh, I, I just want to, I want to pause. We're going to be looking at Mark 4, but uh, I just want us to see kind of what was happening in the context of this day. So Jesus was teaching uh, not just his disciples, but new people who were learning about him and all day long he was teaching and he was doing this right beside the lake. So there was a, a bed of water right by him all day long. They probably had just an incredible day of ministry and it kind of gets toward the evening. And Jesus says to his disciples, hey, we're going to get in a boat and we're going to go to the other side. I've got a, a place for us to go. There's a destination and we're probably all a little tired. And so instead of dealing with people, we're going to get in a boat. We're going to chill out a little bit and we're going to go to the other side. We're going to pick this up in verse 35. It says, on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, so again, multitude of people, they leave, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. So there was a whole parade of boats, which in Southwest Florida, we have that. We got a lot of boats and little boats. And so lots of boats uh, heading over to the other side, thinking everything is okay until verse 37. And a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. So all of a sudden, the disciples thinking they're having a great day. Everything's going awesome. We're going to get in the boat. We're going to go to the other side. And they find themselves in the middle of a storm. The winds start beating in. The, 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 the water starts filling up the boat. They find themselves shockingly in the middle of a storm. Have you ever been shocked by a storm of life? All of a sudden thinking everything was going good and that phone call comes or that diagnosis hits you. Maybe that relationship breaks down. Maybe some of us have come in here, we're right in the middle of a storm of physical health. We've got a, a debilitating pain that we don't know what's happening. Maybe cancer or infertility where all of a sudden you're like, I thought it was just a few months or a year and and now there's diagnoses. Maybe for some of us, it's a storm of friendship or finances where our debt just keeps getting bigger and the bills are stacking up and it feels like the storm of life. In the same way that the disciples were like, where did this come from? We start to feel the, the winds beating against us and it feels like the water in our boat is just filling up. We feel a little beat down sometimes or kind of tossed around, maybe a little disoriented. Maybe you come into day feeling like that, or maybe you've come through a storm and you have felt tossed around, or maybe for some of us, we might be headed into one, just like the disciples. It felt like a normal day, but a storm might be coming. You see, Southwest Florida, we just went through a storm. Uh, we had Hurricane Ian, a, a hurricane come through. It was almost a Category 5. It was the worst hurricane that our region has ever seen. We've had hurricanes before, but nothing like this. And it was very devastating to our region. We actually had 58,000 homes affected. 8,000 businesses uh, were affected. Our beaches, which, oh my goodness, I love our beaches. And, and our beaches have been eroded and changed. And geography is different. It's going to take a lot of time to rebuild. We had 300. 
165,000 cars that were lost. It was a very devastating storm, but we made a decision as a church that we were going to be spiritual first responders. We were going to stay through the storm, and we were going to be there to help serve and love people. And so we didn't evacuate. We actually stayed in our own home, um, which is very safe, and it was not in a flood zone. So we did like all the safe things. Um, but uh, just kind of what we didn't know was that that storm was going to last all day. The, the hurricane actually came through at about 10 in the morning, and it didn't leave until 10 at night. And so we had storm shutters on our house that, uh, that were there to protect the windows and to keep us protected. But that also meant it was dark all day. You know, there was a lot of unknown. All our cell service was gone. We couldn't, we didn't know what was actually happening. We couldn't be in touch with our staff and our family and our friends that were in different places. Like what's actually happening? We knew the storm was bad. Right in the middle of the storm, our, our storm shutters actually started to, to rip off. The, the bolts actually started to shake and be peeled off because the wind was so strong. And that's not supposed to happen. I know you all don't have hurricanes, but I'm like, those things are supposed to be solid. So right in the middle, have you ever had like such a tension moment that you're like, we need to laugh. Like somebody's got to tell a joke. Um, If you are the kind of person who tells the joke to relieve the tension, thank you. We need you in our life, right? So I'm like, as the storm shutters start banging and banging and it's like getting louder and louder, I looked at my uh, my 19-year-old son. I'm like, we need to laugh. We need to do something because this is like too intense. And so we started naming all of the shutters, different names. Like they, they were starting to fly off. And so I was like, that one is Larry and that's Curly and that's Mo. And these guys don't know what they're doing. And we're just, you're having to laugh. Why? Because in the middle of the storm, storms can be scary. You don't know where you're going. It, it looks a little different. And that's where the disciples were too. But what I want you to know is that Jesus was with them. It says in verse 38, but he, speaking of Jesus, was in the stern, asleep on a pillow, like just taking a nap, just having a good time in the boat, taking a nap. And the disciples, they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? So in this moment, the disciples having a great day, get in the boat, the storm comes in from nowhere, but Jesus is asleep. So they wake him up and they're like, teacher, it's storming out there. Like, don't you even, are you even aware of what's going on? They had Jesus with them in the boat. But in this moment, it goes beyond the natural storm. And we actually see that the disciples' emotions start to get affected. There are some things that are happening. And what I want us to know is that in every storm, the enemy will bring temptation. The enemy brings temptation right in the middle of the storm. And these guys, all of a sudden, they go from trusting God and believing that he's got a plan and sharing the gospel to being completely afraid for their life. Temptation comes. The enemy will try and bring a spirit of fear on us. It says that the winds arose and the waves beat across the boat. And all of a sudden, when we're in our storm, we can feel afraid that we actually can't trust God or that we can't trust his word or that we don't know the outcome. We can be tempted with some emotional overreactions. We see that the disciples actually said, teacher, don't you care that we're perishing? 
Now, they weren't perishing. They weren't actually physically dying, but they were like, we're dying here. What is that? That is an overreaction right in the middle of the storm because of that fear that comes in. And we just have to be so aware that in the middle of our storm, anxiousness can arise. Discouragement can be there. Frustration can come out. Anger, sadness, all of these emotions. And sometimes it's outward, but sometimes it's inward. So some of you, you're like, no, I'm not an emotional overreactor, but there's an inward brew that starts to happen where all of the sudden we don't feel calm. We're actually losing our peace. The temptations that come, spirit of fear, emotional overreaction, the enemy tries to tempt us to forget where we're going. You see, the disciples, they had a great destination. Jesus said, get in the boat. We're going over there. And all of a sudden, in the middle of this, the disciples forget where they're going. And that can be the same way for us. God has given us a promise and a hope and a destination and a future. But when the storm comes in, we can kind of forget that there is a destination for us. But the most tempting thing, and I think the most sad thing when I read the story is to realize that right in the middle of that, we can actually start to believe that God doesn't care. You see, the disciples said, teacher, do you not care? that we are perishing. In other words, they weren't just asking for answers. They were assuming upon God. They were assuming upon Jesus that because he was asleep, he didn't care. And as Christ followers, here's what I think a temptation from the enemy is right in the middle of the storm, is that we can actually know that Jesus is with us, but we believe that he's not for us. And I'm here to remind you today that we can overcome each one of these temptations because God is for you, he is with you, and he has a good plan in the middle of your storm. We don't have to fall into the temptations of the enemies. And this is where uh, where, where the disciples were. Let's pick up. He's asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and they say, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Verse 39, he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? In other words, we've been doing this together all day. We've been doing this together for years. You've been following me. How is it that in the middle of the storm, you're so afraid? Now, I want us to see this because the word translated rebuke is actually from the Greek word epitimeo, which literally means to assign or acknowledge the value of something. And so in this case, Jesus arose and judges that the wind is not wanted. And then the word peace in the Greek also means to be quiet or to refrain from speaking. So Jesus is in the boat. The wind starts coming in. The storm is there. The the disciples are tempted uh, to be emotional and to believe that God's not for them. And Jesus rises up and he says, the wind is not wanted. Be quiet. This storm is over. And peace was there. 
And I just believe that some of us have come into a storm. You've come in today and you are in the middle of the storm. And I just want to prophesy to you and I want to speak life over you that this is not the end. This is the beginning. That there is a healing for you in your physical body. That there is healing for you in your emotions. That there is healing in that reconciliation that is coming. That God is going to provide for your finances. That he's going to bring you peace in the middle of your loss. But if Jesus can literally calm every storm with one word, then why do we have to go through storms? And why did the disciples have to go through a storm? Well, we actually see the answer in verse 40 when he said, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Listen, church family, listen, redemption community. In the midst of the storm, God wants us to face our fear and build our faith. And every single time that we face our fear and build our faith, we are stronger on the other side of the storm. And this is where we were at the day after the hurricane. We're like, God, we prayed that the storm would go away. Now, it's a weird thing. I'm just telling you when you're trying to pray about hurricanes because you don't want to be like, go north. Sorry, Tampa. Or like, you know, so we always just pray that it would go away, you know, Um, but it didn't go away. And so then, you know, we're like, okay, God, like what? is going on. But can I just tell you that he gave us a calm in the middle of our storm. So how do we do that? How do we bring calm to our storm? Number one, we have to receive the gift of peace. We can receive the gift of peace. You see, peace is a fruit of the Spirit. That means when you accepted Jesus as your Savior, the Holy Spirit lives in you, and the fruit of the Spirit can grow in your life, and peace is a part of that fruit. In John 14, we actually see that Jesus was predicting his death and his resurrection, and so he promises that the Holy Spirit is coming and that we're going to have access to the Father. And in verse 27, Jesus says to his disciples, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Do you see how it's a gift? I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You see, the world tries to give us trouble. The world tries to give us fear. The world tries to say that we have to have every circumstance all perfect and all in order and everything tidied up in order to have peace. And Jesus says, oh no, I'm giving you my peace. It's a gift. And it's not like the world gives. It's way beyond that. And so listen, church family, we can receive that gift. We can just say, okay, This is a hard situation, but peace. I want to receive that peace. I feel the anxiety rising, but I am going to receive the gift of peace. I'm going to remember that there is fruit that is available to grow in my life. We can receive the gift of peace. So how do we bring calm to our storm? Number two, we can be peacemakers. We can be peacemakers You see, when the storm is in relationships, when the storm is with people, when there's division in our family or offense in our marriage or in our friendships, oftentimes we can feel like that lack of peace, right? Like, oh, it just feels uneasy. Like, I don't know, I don't know how this is going to turn out. It it feels storm-like. Well, we can actually be 
peacemakers. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 5, 9, he said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And so Jesus is standing on a mountain when when he preaches this, and he says, hey, you're going to be blessed when you actually make peace. That's when I call you my kids. How awesome is that? But it is an active role for us to actually be peacemakers. Now, this is different than being a peacekeeper. A peacekeeper, uh, which some of you are like, oh no, I think that's me. It's like artificial harmony. Like, I'm okay. It's okay. It's good. No, if we don't shake the boat, then it's all going to be good, right? Come on. I know some of you, you're like, oh, that's me. Or no, it's not me. It's my spouse. No. So there's peacekeeping where we try and keep the peace by not doing anything. I'm just going to stay back here. I'm just going to act like everything's okay. And then hopefully this will all go away. But Jesus says, no, be peacemakers. Actually be the person who carries the peace of God into friendships, into family, into these relationships. And I understand that it's hard. Like this is so hard because when things aren't good or aren't right, uh, sometimes we want to either back up or sometimes some of us are like the opposite. We're like, we want justice. It just needs to be right. And then everything will be right. But we can actually just have peace. First Peter 3.11 says they must turn Turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. Do you see how active the idea of peace is? So it's not just receiving the peace, but it's actually playing a part in being a peacemaker, that we're going to turn from evil. We're going to seek peace. We're going to pursue it. We're going to do everything that we possibly can to bring peace to every situation. How? Well, because we have Jesus with us, it's through forgiveness. It's through humility. It's through courage to have a conversation. It's through grace. It's through kindness. And I just sense that some of us were waiting on God to bring the peace when he's saying, I've called you to be the peace. I've called you to step out and actually bring peace to that situation. Hebrews 12, 14 says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone. And you're like, well, who's everyone? Like, definitely not my coworker, because you do not know her. Like, if you knew him, like, no, to everyone, to everyone, and to be holy. Because without holiness, no one will see the Lord. And so we can make every effort. We can do our very best to be the peace of God and to bring the peace of God so that the storm can be calm. How do we bring calm to our storm? Number three, we've got to learn to walk in peace. We have to learn how to actually walk in peace. So while the storm is raging, and while it feels like life is not all that it was supposed to be, and when the unexpected comes, we can actually learn to continue to walk in peace. That what the enemy wants to do in those moments is bring that fear in. He wants to bring that doubt in. He wants to bring chaos into our lives, into our homes. He wants us to walk around with all of this swirling and and, and unable to actually see God. But Jesus wants us to build our faith, to face that fear, and to actually learn to walk in peace. So Paul tells us uh, in Ephesians 6 that the way that 
that we battle against situations like this is every day we put on the armor of God. And I don't have time to teach all of that, but one of the armor pieces, because we're fighting an enemy who does not want us to walk in peace, so one of the armor pieces is actually the shoes of peace. And it says in Ephesians 6.15, and having shod your feet, that just is a a way of saying, and having put on your feet uh, with the preparation of the gospel of peace. This is a piece of armor that we can actually walk in every single day. But have you ever put on shoes that were like the wrong shoes for the occasion and you didn't realize it till you kind of got there? Like maybe you didn't realize you were like climbing and you don't have treads and you're like, these are not the right shoes. Or like if today I were to have put my flip-flops on because we wear those a lot in Southwest Florida, those would not have been the right shoes for this occasion. You all are in coats and I don't even own one. And so uh, every once in a while, I'll put the, the wrong shoes on for the right occasion, and I just regret it. Like last Sunday, I had on these really uh, high boots and these heels, and I tried to preach three services, and I'm standing in the foyer, and I was trying to have a conversation with someone, but all I could think was, my feet hurt, and I can't walk, and I just want to take these off. As a matter of fact, I ended up taking them off because I literally couldn't even walk because my feet hurt so bad. You see, our shoes matter so that we can actually walk. And some of us, we're walking into rooms with anxiety leading us. We're walking into rooms with fear leading us. And we are leaving a track behind us of dust that is not godly. And so the armor of God says, no, I can actually put on peace today. That means in spite of what I'm going through, in spite of the circumstance, I'm going to walk across my life. I'm going to walk into my home and I'm going to say, there may be some chaos, but I've got peace. My situation at my job may not be fixed, but I've got peace. I'm going to walk in peace. We can actually walk in the peace. And if we go back to the story, I think it's so important to understand that they left the multitude to cross over to the other side. And Jesus had a path for these disciples to walk in. And they didn't know it while they were in the middle of the storm. But when they actually got to the other side of the shore and they got out of that boat, there was actually a demon-possessed man who had been tormented all of his life. And it says that those disciples walked. What were they walking in? Peace. The fear was gone, and they actually were able to pray for that man. His life was transformed, and then it says that he went and actually walked and told other people about the gospel of Jesus. The destination that they had for him was peace, and the peace that they were able to walk in and they brought to that man actually brought peace to so many others. And can I just tell you, God has a destination for you, and even though you're in a storm, you're going to get on the other side of it. And you're going to be able to bring that peace to someone else where all of a sudden you look at and you're having a conversation with someone and you realize I got through that storm and you're like, oh, you're having that storm. I went through that too. Let me tell you what God did for me. And all of a sudden peace will be there. Oh, you're anxious about that situation. I've got my shoes of peace on. We can pray right now and believe for that peace. God is calling us to bring that peace, to walk it out. I believe some of you, you're going to 
be able to help someone else. You're going to walk through your financial debt. You're going to get debt free. You're going to be on the other side of it. And somebody's going to say, I don't know what to do. And you're going to go, I'm going to help you. I actually got through that storm. God is our provider and we can bring that peace. I want us to remember today that God has a hope and a future, but we've got to learn to walk in it because we can get those shoes on every single day. We're talking about how to bring calm to our storm. Number four, we can experience the Prince of Peace. Every day in every moment, whether it's a small storm or a big storm, God wants us to experience the Prince of Peace. You see, Jesus is our Prince of Peace, and he came to give us peace. And we can do that at every moment of every day. So when our boss walks in, and says, change is here, and the enemy's trying to tempt us with all of that fear and anxiety and overwhelming thoughts and thinking like, what's going to happen? You can go, huh? Peace. Peace be still. Prince of peace. Jesus is with me. When our kids are struggling, instead of freaking out, we're going to, okay, Prince of peace, you're here. And when those, when that anxiety starts to come in, when that phone call comes, Prince of Peace, you're here. We can experience the Prince of Peace. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 really breaks down how we do this. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. In other words, we're going to cry out to God. We're going to ask Him. We're going to pray about it, but we're going to do it with a thankful heart. God, thank you for my storm. Thank you for this situation. I've got faith to believe that things are going to change. Present your request to God and what will happen. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So in a moment, with our prayer, it goes beyond, transcends mean, it goes beyond our logic. It goes beyond our own control of thinking that we have to figure out the situation. It goes beyond trying to figure it out ourselves. And immediately when we give it to God and we say, God, I trust you, I trust you, then all of a sudden that peace will come and it transcends everything. You see, uh, after Hurricane Ian came through, we went to sleep that night and actually had so much peace, even though there was so much unknown. And we woke up the next day and just had joy in our heart, even though we weren't exactly sure what we were headed into. We knew that God was with us. And as we started to gather and say, hey, we're here to serve our city. There are people who are hurting. There are people who need Jesus right now. Uh, all of a sudden, just supplies started to come in and finances started to come in. And and we ha ha we call ourselves the Orange Army. You guys put on uh, light blue shirts when you serve, but we put on orange shirts. And so we started showing up in our orange shirts and saying, there are people who are desperate. There are people who need the love of God right now. They may not have a home, but we have the peace that can transcend all of that. We can bring peace to every situation. And can I tell you that every single thing that the enemy meant for harm, God turned and has used for good in our city. We actually were able to serve over 200,000 hot meals in just two weeks. We were able to serve 30,000 people 
people, every supply they needed, uh, God just started to supply. We're, we're helping people rebuild their homes. Uh, roofs are being rebuilt. Families are being rebuilt. We've seen hundreds of salvations and people's lives transformed. Things that we've been praying for for years, we're actually seeing before us. Why? Because there was peace in the middle of the storm and there was a destination that the storm could not thwart. It could not stop what God had planned. And can I just tell you, whatever storm you're in, there is a plan. You see, Jesus was not asleep because he didn't care. He was asleep because he knew the plan. He knew that there was a plan and there was a purpose and no storm can come against that. And so I'm just believing that God is going to not only be with you in the storm, he's going to calm your storm and there's going to be peace today. But if you don't know Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to him. And then we're going to pray. So uh, all across this room, would you just bow your head and close your eyes? And just for the privacy of this moment, I'm not going to call you down or anything, but if you have never said yes to a relationship with Jesus, or maybe you've kind of walked away from your faith and you've been kind of wavering and you want to say yes today, I want to give you an opportunity. I'm just going to pray for you right where you're at. So if that's you on the count of three, just raise your hand. One, two, three. Just raise it up high. Say, that's me. I want to say yes to Jesus. I see that hand. Come on. Anyone else in this room today? I see that hand. More importantly, God sees that hand. So Jesus, I pray, uh, God, I thank you for these who have said yes to you, even online right now. Jesus, we say we're sinners. We need your grace. Would you place us in your family that we would know that eternity is our home? We need that peace right now in Jesus' name. Amen. So here's what we want to do. Will you just stand to your feet? I just want to pray because I do know that there are so many of you who have walked in and you're either going through a storm or you've been through one. And I just want to pray for you and just believe that Jesus is in your boat. He's got a good plan. Uh, maybe uh, for some of us, you just need to present that request. Like maybe you've been going through it, but you haven't even thought about the fact that, oh, I can give that to God. I can ask him to bring healing to that situation. I can ask him to, to calm that storm. So uh, let's close our eyes. And if you just, you want me to pray for you today, you're like, I, I'm in a storm and I need some peace. Just raise your hand. I just want to pray across this room. If that's you, just raise your hand. God sees that hand. So Father, we thank you, God. We present our request to you today. And God, I pray for supernatural peace, the gift of peace to come. Prince of peace, we want to experience you today. Father, I pray that you would replace every fear that we have, God, with greater trust. Father, I pray that our emotions, God, would, uh, Father, just give way to your truth, and we would start to proclaim who you are, God. We would start to feel uh, the anxiety lift and the joy, God, just fill up our heart today, God. I pray for courage. Father, there are some who need courage to be a peacemaker today 
today, God. Would you give us courage to walk into situations and to bring peace, to bring humility, to extend forgiveness and love. And Father, now I pray for everyone, God, under the sound of my voice. Jesus, I pray, Father, that you would remind us that you have a plan, you have a vision, you have a hope and a future for us. God, you have a great destination for our life. And so God, I pray blessing over each and every one of your sons and daughters. I pray blessing over Redemption Community, God. Would you bless this church, God, with finances, God, with provision. Father, would you, uh, God, allow each and every one of us to continue to step out, God, as we step into year eight. God, may this be a new beginning, God. Would you pour out your spirit in new ways, Father? Would we serve our community like never before, God? Would there be a revival in the young people, Lord Jesus? God, would you allow us, Father, to just empower them, God, for every good thing. And we just say, we receive your peace in Jesus' name. And everyone who agreed said, amen. Come on, let's give God some glory. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you'd like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. We hope you can listen or join us next week.